0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Faith Focus Weekly Discipleship Podcast. My name is Kevin Rognes, and I'm the Discipleship Director here at Faith Covenant Church. We just want to say thank you, whether you're watching or listening on YouTube or any of the major podcasting platforms. Um, Make sure you leave us a review on those if you're able to. That would be really appreciated. Let us know how we're doing and if there's anything we can do differently. So today I am joined by our dear friend, Pastor Sarah Sosa. We're very glad to have you here. It's fun and, to be uh, back. Yeah, um, I, Sarah always just has really good insights, and I don't always get to benefit from them because you mostly work with families and kids, mm-hmm. which is not my area and not my right. season of life. It
1: could be your area though.
0: I don't think it is, <laughs> and I don't think it's supposed you to be. Just
1: never know when God might change your call. <laughs> That's true.
0: I I never do know. Um, you do
1: you do some moonlighting things, like you show up for VBS and yeah. you know, little things along the way. So. I, like,
0: no. I, I do like making mazes for Jubilee, yes. so yes, next time, if you're here next year for Jubilee, I will probably make a maze, and yeah. that's fun. It'll be amazing. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> no pun intended. Actually, oh, I intended. Sadly, <laughs> oh, <pun intended. laughs> <laughs> <Exactly. So>, yes. <laughs> well, Sarah's joining us today because we thought that it would be a good idea to just do a few episodes about um, different things that parents can do mm-hmm. in uh, leading their children into faith and discipling kids and what does that look like so today we're going to talk about traditions yeah traditions are all over the place and like especially now so uh the week this episode comes out will be the week of thanksgiving so happy Ah, thanksgiving and with that christmas is around the the corner and Mm -hmm. so there's just an abundance of traditions Mm -hmm. and oftentimes traditions aren't things that we think of so what's a way that you kind of think of defining traditions
1: hmm i mean i I think they the those rhythms traditions tend to be um more seasonal or like one off you're mm-hmm. not something you do every week, but you do it once a year um or once a month maybe at at the at the highest frequency um and easily within the church one of our traditions that's monthly is to celebrate communion together mm-hmm. right but another tradition that might not be so regular might be a, a baptism service mm-hmm. right so there there are those kinds of things and so when you think of your family life there's this sort of cadence but it's not it's not as regular as a habit mm-hmm. not as regular as the as a as the weekly rhythm but more monthly or quarterly or yearly
0: mm-hmm. So are are traditions biblical? There
1: certainly are traditions in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And um, as the church has grown through the years, um, there are a number of traditions that have been put in place that go with the church calendar. I don't know how many of you know there's an actual church calendar (laughs) that's different from your Google calendar or your (laughs) Microsoft Office, Office calendar, one of the calendars you follow. Um, But there are seasons to the church uh, that don't have to do with the nature. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, we think fall, winter, spring, summer, uh, when we think seasons. But there are church seasons um, like Pentecost and um, Advent and Lent. And uh, those don't get talked about as much. Um, In the covenant denomination, often on depending on uh, what church you go to, Some, some churches will lift those up a lot. Um, but, if you're coming out of a Lutheran background or a Catholic background, something that's more formal and more liturgical, then the church seasons make sense. But there are a number of traditions that go along with church seasons um days to celebrate things to to not forget stories to remember collectively as a congregation and as followers of christ and so um those have been embedded throughout the years, and there's a little bit of conflict like if you think of like all the traditions around. Passover, and uh, and Easter, heading into Easter, um, you could talk about, are we talking about the Western Church or the Eastern (laughs) Church, right? So there's different dates for things, um, Mm -hmm. but but often celebrating the same, or recognizing the same kinds of traditions. There are Jewish traditions that, um, uh, for the most part, haven't trickled into mainstream Christianity, when you think of, like, the Feast of Tabernacles, or... (laughs) Yeah, some of the, some of those uh, Old Testament mm-hmm. um, moments, uh, um, or Pure. yeah, or some of those yes, different festivals. Yeah. Um, those, because they're not so uh, directly related to Jesus, we we haven't pulled them into sort of our existence in the church, but they are still there as part of our history. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's good to, it's actually kind of a fun thing as a family to explore the different festivals that are in the Bible yeah. and why they're there and what stories they're commemorating. That's, there's some rich history there. So, yeah, I do think that traditions are biblical. There's no mandate that says thou shalt have family <laughs> traditions. right? But there is you know plenty of evidence for passing on the faith. Mm-hmm. And um, in that context, when you're thinking of, about traditions from a faith perspective, it, it, it becomes a vehicle for, mm-hmm. for celebrating who God is, celebrating who Jesus is, for telling the stories and remembering from one generation to the next. So.
0: And I think an important part about rem- knowing the history of traditions is to recognize that um, certainly in Jesus' day, but especially back in um, the times of the Hebrews, like Moses, Abraham, in those times those traditions were so important because most of the society was not literate. Mm -hmm. And so even though they would have had some copies of scripture around in synagogues and such, um, by and large, everything about the faith was transmitted orally, and that Mm -hmm. necessitated having traditions to create space for that. Yes, for sure. Mm -hmm.
1: Yep, agreed. Yeah, so... um, I think traditions look a little bit different in contemporary setting than they would have been biblical times, but there's still, still certainly lots of tie-ins and uh, mm-hmm. good reason to have them around.
0: And there's also sometimes a tension of, you know, we do this because it is tradition and therefore it is a rule. Mm-hmm. There are times when we need to kind of interrogate some traditions too and say, is this a rule that we have to follow? Mm-hmm. Is it a biblical command from God? Mm -hmm. Or is it a tradition of the church? If it's a tradition of the church, that may be a well and good thing. Mm -hmm. We just have to be aware of what's a biblical command and what's a tradition. Because if we're enforcing traditions, that may not always be helpful. Yeah,
1: I think that's a good distinction. And then alongside that would be some of the secular traditions that we've picked up along the way. Things that our families did while we were growing up that we've now incorporated into our own families and an easy one for me since we're heading into thanksgiving Mm -hmm. uh the day after thanksgiving growing up my dad used to take us to the toy store my my older brother my younger brother and i and we would all get little spiral bound notebooks and a pencil and we could just go up and down the aisles in the toy toy store and make a list of of items we might like for Christmas a wish list right Mm -hmm. and that way my parents knew what we wanted and knew they would be getting something we would actually be excited about as a gift when they saw our lists and uh, we always called it the toy tour, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so Love that. so it's and uh, it happens to be on Black Friday, right? So the toy tour, and, then and you don't do that anymore. I d- huh. well, actually, <laughs> interestingly, I do. So um, when, when I had my own kids then, and we moved to Minnesota and are close to my parents, my dad right away was like, <gasps> "Can I take your kids on the toy tour?" And I was awesome. like, "If you want your dad, have at it." <laughs> um, and of course, at some point, the toy store is not it. Like, it's not exciting right. when you're a teenager. So he started taking them to the Mall of America <laughs> for the toy tour. That's, a, that's and I'm intense. Like, yeah, Grandpa. Especially the day after Grandpa Thanksgiving. Does he keep oh, doing yeah. it the day after Thanksgiving? Oh, yeah. Oh, yep. that's a lot. Yeah. So <laughs> totally secular tradition, but something to look forward to. And this year, my dad said that he feels maybe he's too old. He's 83. <laughs> yeah. Um, he'll be 83 and a half, whatever. Um, and he, you know, he just knows my mom can't do it. And so he, he's feeling like we we should just go without him and my kids are like aghast yeah like how do we do this without him mm-hmm. um and and there have been years when i've kind of ducked out because it was kind of his thing with them mm-hmm. and so now they're both looking squarely at me like we're we're doing the toy tour right <laughs> and i'm like why why <laughs> there's n- Make like, me a list. <laughs> there's no r- need to actually go to the Mall of America. <laughs> They're like, "What do you mean?"
0: So, well, especially the know. day after Thanksgiving. That's like the last day <laughs> that you want to be there. Like yeah. maybe like three days later. <laughs> yeah. So
1: you have this gamut and when you look at traditions. There's the stuff that is important, but it really isn't important, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like it, you do it and it's fun for the fun of it, for the camaraderie. You know, that sort of secular side of things, and then you've got faith traditions and then you've got like you said command actual commands out of scripture Mm -hmm. for the ways we should order and live our lives
0: so yeah yeah so we talked a bit about the purpose of traditions within the church and within the faith as a way of continuing on teachings and telling the story Mm -hmm. of God and the story that we're a part of what is some of the purpose of traditions within on the more familial level or maybe a little bit more broadly sometimes like the church level cuz there are traditions that Faith Covenant specifically has sure. around certain holidays. Sure. Um so what are some of the purposes of those traditions?
1: Yeah. Um you know when you when you think of like seasons like Christmas and Easter are the easiest uh places to to sort of look to. Um and there's this preparation time heading toward both of those celebrations. So mm-hmm christmas time you've got advent the the four weeks leading up to uh the birth of jesus that is an encouragement to get ready right Mm -hmm. to get ready and and we have an opportunity as followers of jesus and within family groups whatever family makeup you have right um to 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 take that lead in time to to remember you know remember the story remember pieces of the story um, the church often helps us do that by the sermon series that happens mm-hmm. the Sundays in December or other events. Um, but it really is uh, a chance also to sort of re- wrestle, I think, wrestle Christmas away from commercialism, mm-hmm. yes. right? Because there's, there's so many other extra things that we put alongside a faithful Christmas um, that if we aren't careful, it, we, we just take for granted the story of God entering our world. Mm -hmm. and how important and breathtaking and ridiculous that Mm -hmm. is you know like honestly if you think about it like you decided to come as a baby oh okay you (laughs) know so it's kind of (laughs) funny and same thing with easter you've got this season of lent um the anticipation of christmas and, and anticipation of easter different because to get to easter you have to go through good friday so mm-hmm. the Lent season has sort of a more of a morning to it. Not mm-hmm. not morning as in sunrises in the morning, but morning like sadness. a, ha- a yeah, um, And just this uh, chance to really kind of sit with the sacrifice of Christ on our behalf. And what does that mean to me? Um, and that's why you'll get, some people have the tradition of giving something up for the season of Lent. Um, mm-hmm. And it's meant to be a personal thing that you choose to do that, Catches your attention and allows you to refocus mm-hmm. um, on Christ and on His sacrifice and an ultimate gift for us. Um, so those those are the easiest places to look when you're thinking about faith traditions and um, and the importance of, of those stories. Um, you know it are the, there's so many pieces to the Christmas story. There's so many pieces to uh, that that Holy Week you know, leading up to um the last supper, the rest in the garden, the the trial, the uh the crucifixion, this saturday of silence and then the the triumph of sunday and then even beyond as mm-hmm. jesus starts to appear to different people. Um at, that it's it's worth it to take to stretch that out, right? To to not not try to do the whole story in one go, but just focus on a piece of it at a time. Right. So that you um, you can internalize it for yourself, but with with kids you're you're helping them become as familiar with the story as you are mm-hmm. so that then when it's their turn to pass it on to somebody else they'll be able to
0: I also think about the value of traditions in community building mm-hmm. um, because when there's this repeated thing that you do together it solidifies the bonds of family or of church um. Create shared memories of experiences together, and it just it draws you close in an interesting way because it's like these are the people that I spend these holidays with or these times with. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something powerful in that. I think. Yeah,
1: yeah, I agree. And even when you, like you look at communion, I know the times that when I'm uh, able to be the one leading communion for the church, I really love to um, to to set that up in story form to remember this is the meal that Jesus had with his disciples yes but why were they having that meal they were having that meal because of Passover what is Passover now we have to go back to the Old Testament we have to remember the story of Moses and Mm -hmm. how God used him to bring the Israelites out of Egypt and that whole story is also multi-layered and there's so much that's accessible to it but if we don't go back and sit in it We'll miss a lot. We'll miss things like Moses actually argued with God, and he's like, I'm not a good public speaker. You know, I'm kind of shy. Like he, he's like, you've got the wrong guy here. And how many times have we felt like God might be putting us in, in a certain situation or asking us to do something, we're like, whoa. I think you're kind of wrong, God. <laughs> I'm not actually good at that, you know.
0: <laughs> All the time. <laughs> <laughs> right?
1: And, and God just isn't taking it. He's not having it for Moses. He's like, well, I'll give you your brother. Your brother Aaron can help you, you know. And so, so it's just this Moses, this push-pull with Moses and God. Um, and yet God uses him to accomplish something really big and really significant using this series of really odd miracles, mm-hmm. you know, and culminating in, you know, the Passover of the angel of death. You know, and and it's just, that's the story that sets up communion. Mm-hmm. And if we don't get all the way back there, we're we're missing a tie-in to the yeah. history of who we are and how long God's been at work in pursuing his people. Mm-hmm. Um, and But when we do get there, we remember it, and we're like, oh my gosh, you've been after us forever. Yeah, and you, thousands of and years. And you've never given up. Yeah. Like, your patience with us is never ending. Thank you. Yeah. You know, so... That's powerful. That's what we're talking about. And it's a community thing. And we do have the elements of the, the bread and the juice, uh, something tangible that we can hold and see and taste. Mm-hmm. So engaging our senses and remembering the story through these symbols. And, um, you know, if, you, if you've if you ever had a chance to do a Passover or a Seder dinner, that, that whole meal is so full of symbolism and mm-hmm. all the different uh, uh, herbs and uh Root and uh, it, uh, everything, like it's just, it's amazing. And so, um, I don't know if I, if I, if I'm not supposed to say this, you should cut <laughs> it out. But no, we're, okay. we're hoping to be able to offer a Seder event this year for Probably the possibly. church. Yep. So we're working on uh, that for for the Lent season, uh, for Good Friday in particular. It'd be a really neat experience for families yeah. of, of any shape or size and uh, kind to come, and and just hear mm-hmm. the story around okay. all of that. Because it is directly related to what Jesus was doing on our behalf, so there's a lot, there's just a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of meaning in it, in some of these things, and there are off, off seasons. I mean, we we think of Christmas we think of Easter right away, but like I said, you know, communion, baptism, those are things that we get to uh, confirmation, uh, a chance to just to to say out loud what you believe and and to confirm your faith. Say this is yes, I. I had this borrowed identity for a while, but now that I've had time to wrestle with it within the confirmation program, I, I'm standing before you and saying, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I, I am choosing this. I'm choosing Jesus for me. Yeah. Not because my mom told me to, or my dad told me to, or my Sunday school teacher told me to, but because I think it's right, and I think it's true. That's a really uh, powerful moment, too, to celebrate as a church. So I mean, we could just we could go through the year. There are some lesser kinds of moments, but... But they all uh, play an important part in, in the story of God mm-hmm. and how He's at work in our midst.
0: So for families, it, I mean, there's a lot of traditions that you could choose <laughs> yes. from. Um, so how yeah. do families go about deciding what traditions yeah. to participate in?
1: Well, you know, if you're a brand new family and listening in on the podcast, you're like in the best position because you're sort of at the start of this new chapter of your life. And you and you ha- have the ability to have several conversations with each other and say, well, what what traditions did you grow up? What traditions did you grow up at? And see what makes sense. Mm-hmm. And maybe some of those are the same, and maybe some are different. And you and together you choose. We're gonna we're gonna uphold this one, but not this one. And and be thoughtful about it. And mm-hmm. you know why? Why is it important? And um, and that's true for both uh, religious traditions, faith-filled traditions, and secular ones. You know. Um, to, to just be able to honor one another, as you begin a new family, a, a, a bl- that's blending two backgrounds, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so to be able to have that conversation and be on board with each other, and then if and when kids come, you, you're you're set, you're ready to go. Like you definitely have to have the conversation. What are we going to do with Santa? Yeah, you know what? <laughs> are, what what are we going to do with the Easter Bunny? Right? Because it's 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 in the world, right? So you have to make a decision. Are we going to are we going to nix this completely? Are we going to just see how it rolls out because of our kid and his her temperament? Are we going to, you know, whatever. But have a conversation about it and decide. That's a secular thing, but it impacts your mm-hmm. family, right? And um, and then just think it through, are we going to do something special for Advent? Are we going to have an Advent calendar? Are we going to do Advent readings? Are we going to have candles in our own home that we light every Sunday mm-hmm. um, as we sh- share those stories of coming closer to, to Jesus? You know, and... Um, There's all kinds of things that you can do. Um, I know people who have, so nativity sets come with wise men. Mm -hmm. But the wise men weren't actually at the nativity. Sorry if I just blew somebody's mind by saying that. (laughs) We read through scripture. (laughs) they came about two years later (laughs) when Jesus was a toddler in his home, not a baby in a manger. Um, And so I know people who uh, set up the nativity set um, but they don't put the wise men in it. They put the wise men someplace else in the house, right? <laughs> and that. as they're going through the season, they, they just move the wise men closer. And cl- and the kids will go get them and move them closer.
0: Yeah. Um, and Which to me, that sounds like more fun than Elf on
1: a Shelf. It is, yes. <laughs> it has, it's a little more meaningful. Um, and then, you know, they don't ever get to the manger. They're going to show up wherever Jesus is on Epiphany. Mm-hmm. So how many people celebrate that day, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you think of 12 days of Christmas, that's... That's where that comes from. It's from Christmas Day to Epiphanies, twelve days. Mm-hmm. Um, so January sixth, in case you're wondering. <laughs> but but that's the day that marks uh the wise men finding Jesus. And so, um, yeah, you, you know, you could do those kinds of things as mm-hmm. a family. Something that is fun, um, but it's faith filled, mm-hmm. right? And it, and it um, it allows you as a family to to carry these stories forward. So you can think about that. You can think about Easter. Are you going to give something up for Easter? Mm-hmm. Are you going to go and get ashes on your forehead at a Ash Wednesday service? Um, why would you do that, you know, and, and be able to talk about it? Uh, one tradition that I'd like to um, uh, encourage families who choose to have their children baptized as infants, so in this church, we uh, with babies, we'll do either baby dedication or infant baptism, whatever families just uh, choose. And if they choose infant baptism, um, I like to encourage families to celebrate that baptism day the way you would celebrate a birthday. Mm, yeah. So with a special cupcake, maybe with a candle in it, or just a, can- a baptism candle that you light every year. Um, some way hold that day sacred so that your son or daughter grows knowing you made this decision for them. Mm-hmm. And, and then when they get to confirmation, that gives the confirmation process an extra added Mm, yeah. layer of meaning because now it's their chance to sort of take over from you the decision that you made for them when they were small yeah. um if you do it in dedication you could mark a dedication the same way but it's a little bit different because you're not making a decision for them um both of those you are promising to raise your kids to know and love jesus so again confirmation is going to be important down the road either way but um so you can have those kinds of traditions, too, yeah. that are personal to
0: your family, but they carry a faith meaning behind them. I just want to touch real quick on a thing you've mentioned a couple of times. There are secular traditions, and oftentimes when Christians hear secular, they go, oh, bad. Mm-hmm. Not all secular traditions <laughs> are bad by no. any means. Thanksgiving no. is mm-hmm. not a Christian holiday. Right. Um, it's a Christian concept value to be thankful, certainly. Yep. Um, but it's technically a secular holidays so not everything secular especially with some of these traditions is a bad thing
1: yeah but it's good to talk through like what's your family going to do with halloween Mm -hmm. Uh, that's part of our culture it's part of our world are you going to celebrate it or not and if you choose not to how are you going to have your kids navigate that at school Mm -hmm. have that conversation and decide what your game plan is um i totally out of nowhere tradition for the sosa family which was you know, when I was a kid growing up, in the fall we would always go to the apple orchard mm-hmm. and uh, get apples and apple cider and apple rollovers and apple butter and apple everything, <laughs> um, and pumpkins and the whole deal, and make a day of it. And then we would come home and make apple dumplings. That was our tradition. Uh, and my kids still are like, Are we? Are we, doing are we doing that? <laughs> are we going? Are we going to the apple orchard? Which is hilarious because now. Literally the apple orchard takes twenty minutes. We park, <laughs> we walk in, we get the appley things and we leave. Yeah. Like because they're too old to do the hay ride and the book yeah. and they don't want to do any of that. So they don't want to roll log roll down the hill like they used to and all these kinds of things. It's a totally, like, oh I have to do my own like, laundry,
0: I don't want to get grass stains. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: it's a seasonal tradition that has nothing to do with anything, yet it's important and it's a, it's it's a family experience. thing that we did and have done and Still continue to do in a really lame kind of way, but
0: we do it every fall. (laughs) Well, that was, I mean, my family, me and my brothers didn't like candy, so, like, we went trick-or-treating a couple times. We were just kind of like, this is kind of (laughs) pointless. And so we ended up going with another family who, they had a kid our age, his birthday was Halloween, and we would go to Grand Slam. Oh, that's a good tradition. For those of you who don't know, Grand Slam was this place that had, like, indoor mini-golf and bumper cars and laser tag and arcade and all the things. And it was great, because... Nobody else was there. It was just us on <laughs> yeah, Halloween. So yeah. we did that for a few years, and it was awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, You mentioned birthdays.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, people often have traditions around birthdays. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can make those faith-filled or not, or both, yeah. right? Like, it, it is a day to acknowledge that God brought you into existence, and we should celebrate that and and remember that you were God's idea first and foremost. Um, And and to be like, woohoo, we're so glad that Kevin's here. Happy birthday, Kevin. Hey. You know, kind of thing. And so the birthdays are a big deal. But then alongside that, you know, my dad um, doesn't like birthday cake. He wants birthday pie. Mm. And he wants peach pie. But unfortunately, his birthday's in May. And the peaches aren't ready until July. Mm. uh, Here in Minnesota, anyway. And so um, he doesn't get birthday cake on his birthday. He gets peach pie in July for his birthday in May. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. It's, and, and my kids that. my <laughs> kids have grown up calling it Peaches Pie Day. Not just peach. <laughs> Peaches. Peaches Pie Day. That's great. It's Peaches Pie Day for their grandpa. Um, and so he gets to celebrate his birthday twice, I guess. I don't know. See, that's sneaky. So, that's clever. I need to figure out a way to do know. that. I know. So, I mean, there's traditions all over the place that are just plain fun. Mm-hmm. And, and they just... T- they're not necessarily telling God's story, but they're telling the story of you and your
0: family mm-hmm. that's good so then how do you <coughs> excuse me how do you deter discern um what traditions to leave behind? um you mentioned that with like um, you know newer families that are kind of kind of combining maybe and saying okay what what did you grow up with what did I grow up with what what do we do this? Mm-hmm. There may also be seasons to leave traditions behind due to the death of a loved one, or Mm -hmm. just change in family structure, or uh, kids growing up and moving out of the house, or getting married. Mm -hmm. How do you discern what traditions to leave behind, and how do you navigate that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes, like you said, life dictates that for you. Mm -hmm. Um, When I think of a lot of our traditions around holidays, they often have to do with food. Yes. And so then the question (laughs) is... Who's gonna carry those recipes forward and keep making them? Yeah. Right. So I I took over the Thanksgiving pie baking from my mom. I make make the apple pie, I make the pumpkin pie. Um, because it's just you know, got harder and harder for her to do everything. Yeah. Um, I can pretty much guarantee neither one of my kids knows how to make a pie. They've watched me do it <laughs> a gazillion times, but they've never actually well, maybe Emma has. Uh, not very often have they actually rolled out a crust and put it in a pie plate and made the filling. Could they? Sure, could they follow a recipe? Sure, they could follow a recipe. Yeah. Will they? I don't know. Yeah. Right? So huh. sometimes traditions just break down on their own like that. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, kids age out of things, uh, you know. At some point my dad stopped doing the toy tour with us. Mm-hmm. But then he picked it up with his grandkids. Yeah, right? And so um and I didn't actually do it with them because he was doing it with them so whether or not they if they get married and have kids someday if they'll do the toy tour, i don't know you know so there's those kinds of things Um, i think faith-based traditions hold together better Mm -hmm. than secular ones do Mm -hmm. because they're coming from something outside of you and outside of your family Mm -hmm. they're things that god has given to the church and that the church has carried forward um, so, you know, Advent will always be a thing. Whether or not you engage in it is another question. Um, Lent will always be a thing, right? So that, so there's some things that will live on even if you don't fully engage them or not. Um, but because they live on, you'll, you'll consistently, as long as you stay part of the church, you'll consistently be prompted mm-hmm. to participate in some way. Um, and so I think those traditions would be slower to let go of. Mm-hmm. Um, and communion's going to happen whether you want it to or not, right? Right. <laughs> it's gonna. It's part of the church service at, on a on a in a predictable pattern on a predictable Sunday, um, and so you know you're you're losing sight of that tradition means you're not showing up at church, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. You know, and so so I, I think um, yeah, it, they they can come and go uh, for different reasons. Some of it is. Because you age out, someone is because the person who carried the tradition is no longer with us. Sometimes it's um, that you've taken yourself out of the mix somehow mm-hmm. by not participating in church or not being involved in the community where those traditions have come from. So,
0: yeah. Well, and I think too when it's a tradition that has ended due to the death of a family member or a divorce or circumstances like that, I think it's just important to acknowledge it and just say hey whether it's to yourself or with Mm -hmm. other people in the family or in the friend group say hey this is hard that Mm -hmm. this is the first christmas without grandpa or whatever right um call it out acknowledge it yeah and that's an important part of the grieving process yes
1: yeah and i think sometimes families may choose to carry the tradition forward in honor of Mm -hmm. that person like it helps us remember and love so and so, and so we keep doing it. Sometimes you'll let go of it because it's just too hard mm-hmm. to do it without that person. Um, so again, that that conversation, the communication, you might tweak the tradition, change mm-hmm. it slightly so that it can carry a uh, a happier tone to it. It's not necessarily tied to uh, a negative event uh, kind of thing. So yeah, you you have you have within your power. You don't get to choose the. The faith traditions and the church traditions, you just get to choose whether or not and how you're going to participate in them. Mm-hmm. Um, all the other things we do, that's up to you. If mm-hmm. you want to keep doing them or not, that's your family's decision or an individual decision. So, um, But I think where you could end up stepping on toes is if you just stop doing something without talking it through with somebody else and right. or explaining you know, to younger generations why you're not doing that anymore, right? yeah. that kind of thing.
0: Lots to mm-hmm. talk about there. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, any last thoughts about traditions and any of anything that you want to wrap up the conversation with?
1: Um, just to say that I think they're worth pursuing. I really yeah. do. Um, faith traditions, because they do carry on the story of who God is. They, it allows us to, to bring some of these bigger themes and ideas, um, into our everyday lives and hold on to them and allow them to shape us and direct us as followers of Jesus. Um, and and the, the silly fun ones are just you know that again that you're you're building, uh, family relationships. You build, you're building community. You're you're establishing. a this is who we are, a sense of an identity, identity in Christ and identity in one another as family members. Um, and so I I really encourage families to to work on having traditions, um, not just around the holidays, but seasonally or or as they creep up and around. The Somebody's birthday or around an important date of, you know, when something happened that's meaningful. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, my son made up a tradition. (laughs) So, I mean, you know, you can just pull something out of thin air and just decide this is this, you know. Um, You know, maybe there are people out there who don't like Valentine's Day. So instead of Valentine's Day, you do something else, right? Like you just make your own day. Um, Hallmark has made plenty of days yeah so if a company can make a day yeah. <laughs> you can make a day too so i I just think it's a great way to to celebrate life to to have fun uh, to remember important things and build relationships with one another and with God
0: absolutely yeah well, thank you so much for joining us yeah, um, for Sarah's going to be joining us for a few more episodes about Yay. different things with parenting and family and stuff like that stuff yeah. that I have no clue about so <laughs> Um, I know how to uncle friends. pretty decently, but uh, <laughs> parenting is a whole different level. level um, so we're excited to be with Pastor Zara for a few more of those things. But so. you've
1: been parented. Yes, I have. So you have. And you're and you're an uncle.
0: I am. Are you yes.
1: the Are you the fun uncle? Oh, absolutely. So you're the Funkle. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah. So I mean,
0: I could maybe be more fun, but <laughs> I'm. I'm still. I I like to think I'm the Funkle, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I bet you are. Well, and, like, with that, I mean, that is kind of a tradition I started with my niece and nephews. Like, when when my second nephew was having his first birthday, my older nephew had just turned three, I was already overwhelmed with the idea of, like, what do I get these kids for their birthdays? Because they already have everything, and, like, everything we've given to the three-year-old is just getting passed down to the one-year-old, so what do you even get the one-year-old? So, like, I started my tradition as an uncle of getting them their first piggy bank when they turn one, and then after that, for their birthdays, I just give them money. There and you go. <laughs> my siblings were like, thank you. We have enough stuff in the house. Yeah. We don't need more. And then now Brilliant. the kids are like, oh, I get my money and my card now. And it's just kind of a funny Good. little tradition. My, so My
1: nephew just turned 11.
0: Um, and so I, I had asked his dad, you know, what
1: does Jackson want for his birthday? And he sends me three things. One was a, a game for whatever. I don't remember if he's PlayStation or Xbox, but some soccer game and my brother said that they were getting that for him so don't basically don't get that and then the other two things were um, Robux and cash Mm. and and I had to actually Google Robux is Roblox (laughs) well so Robux is the currency that you can use to buy things within the Roblox game. Oh. Yeah. So, <laughs> I
0: have no idea. I know. So I to we're go- old, Sarah. I had to, I had to Google that because yeah. my
1: kids are older. And I'm like, the, uh, what is that? Is that, what is that? See, so, I
0: thought I knew, like, uh, I thought you were making a mistake. And be like, no, Sarah, it's uh, Roblox. It's Ro- but no, I'm, I'm dumb. <laughs> yeah. And
1: so then I text my brother. I'm like, don't at me. I had to, I had to Google that one. <laughs> and he's yeah. like, oh, never. Yeah. So anyway, traditions. So yeah. good. Do them. Yep. Highly recommend
0: good stuff. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Thank you for watching your listening. Make sure you subscribe to make sure you don't miss any of our content. Have a wonderful and blessed day.